Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, today we have the one and only King Buck. His name is Andrew Bachelor, And uh, from Toronto, fellow Canadian is going to be on the show today. And I've, like 20 million people around the world, hundreds of millions probably, have heard about King Bach through Vine, uh, which is now shut down, but he has successfully migrated his uh, audience and his content to YouTube, Instagram, um, TikTok, everywhere you name it. He is a social media phenomenon uh, with over 20 million followers on Instagram. Uh, he and I discussed a lot of things. Uh, it was a shorter interview, mainly just because we had um, started a little bit late and we had uh, um, some time crunch issues, I guess you could say. But uh, I did try to fit in as much as possible just because of uh, me, you know, me wanting to respect his time. But we did get into some of the stuff that hopefully will be valuable for you guys, which is how he went from studying finance in in uh, Florida and how he made the move to L.A. and his dream of being the biggest movie star in the world and what he really had to go through to break out of the noise. He started on YouTube, of course, spending thousands of dollars trying to really stand out from um, the, the the amount of noise that's really out there. And really for him, it was to distinguish himself when he goes into auditions. And of course, that took a life of its own where he is able to charge over $300,000 per sponsorship. And uh, it's, it's quite a fascinating... Uh, journey that he's been through. So I get into a little bit about the mindset of how he thinks about the entertainment industry, what keeps him motivated when he's really able to make uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of just one post on Instagram, what makes him really want to continue acting and how he filters his circle as being someone that is so well-known, so popular and someone that is probably constantly being bombarded by different opportunities and different people that are looking for his attention, his um, followers, his money, and we get into all of that. So uh, despite the shorter interview, I uh, hope you guys really enjoy this conversation with King Block and I. Thanks, guys. really excited to dig in i was actually this is the first thing i do whenever i interview youtubers is i go to their channel which is uh bachelor's pad tv and i went to your first 
video mm. that you've ever uploaded about eight years ago, I think.、Mm. I don't know if that's the real first video because obviously people have videos that they take out or remove. But、uh, it was you. It, you weren't even in it, though. That's the thing.、Uh, but it looks like for an eight year old like,、uh, production, for someone that was, I guess you, weren't, you haven't made it yet, but this is the one where it was、uh, Watch Bachelor's Pad. Oh, with the guy at the park? With the guy at the park, but you weren't even in it. Oh, yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. it was like, expensive because you had actors and you had, like, it, was, it seems like a real production at that time. Yeah. No, it was.、Um, that was when I was launching my channel. I was like, oh, if I'm going to launch my channel, I need to make some commercials for it. So I was like, eight years ago.、Up. And do you spend your own money to, to be able to produce that at that time? Yeah. Yeah. That was all my, my hard earned money that I used、um, for my investments from Apple back in the day. <laughs> Investing from in Apple. Apple <laughs> you were doing some stock investments. Yeah. Yeah, in college, I started that. And then I used、um, some of those profits to、uh, fund the videos that I was doing. Oh, interesting. How did you get into stock investing?、Um, so I went to、uh, Florida State University and I studied finance. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which、yeah. is like the complete opposite of what you're, what you're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still making money. That's it. That's it. So, you went all in on Apple, and、uh, what, what was the return on that when you first, when you first、so、started when I bought, the stock market? When I bought Apple, it was $80. And then by the time it got, it, Apple got up to like $600 at one point.、Um, so, it was like, yeah, I made a lot on, on Apple. <laughs> Damn, dude. Wow.、Yeah. You ever thought about just going all in on stock investing before you were、uh, thinking about getting into YouTube and, and acting, or you've always wanted oh, but to? I, I, I still do it now. I, st- I still do it now.、Um, so, you know, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm on. Do, you, do you do stock investments? <laughs> no, not, not really. No, I,、uh, I do. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty long on Tesla. Oh, yeah. I did Tesla too, but Tesla's too volatile because it's.、Um, You know, Elon, he'll, he'll tweet something crazy and then you'll lose all your money. And then he'll tweet something nice and then you, you'll gain a lot of money. So I just had to get out of Tesla. Yeah, like he recently tweeted like a couple months ago that the stock was too high and, and it, it plummeted. So it's, yeah, it's not the,、uh, not the safest investment for sure. Yeah. Huh. So you put in all basically your, your investment from the, from the money that you made from stock investing and you decided to put it into、uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And what made you want to transition from going into like studying finance、uh, out of all things and getting into entertainment? Did you just realize when you were studying finance, like, shit, like, this is not for me? Well, entertainment was always、um, the goal from you know, when I was seven years old.、Uh, that's just what I wanted to do.、Uh, finance was a backup plan.、Um, so if I didn't make it in the acting, which would never happen because I'm so talented. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have been、uh, an accountant, probably. An accountant. Wow. Yeah. And were your parents more of the strict parents? I don't know if they're strict as like Asian parents, because that's a different level of strict. <laughs> no, you got, you kind of got、B. three jobs. Yeah. B plus.、Uh, yeah, they were pretty strict.、Um, 
you know, they didn't hold me to that higher standard because, you know, my sister, she was a genius. Uh, she would get all the A's and I would, you know, I would do my thing. I wasn't failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they knew from an early age that uh, my passion was acting. Mm. So they saw that when you were seven or when you were eight, that, uh, that you were, you were just glued to the TVs and, and, and memorizing all the lines or what, what was it about when you were young that really made them think that you were looking to Um, pursue? I just just wanted to, um, I wanted to, to, to take classes. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to take classes. I wanted to meet other actors. I wanted to be on TV. I didn't know how to be on TV. So I would just, you know, take classes and go from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you saw YouTube as like a way to get attention. So for, for other directors and stuff so that they will, it would make it a little bit easier. Or what, what was the purpose around that? Yeah. So I was doing, um, you know, when I moved to LA, I was doing the typical thing, like going on auditions um, and always getting told no. And then I realized like, how can I get a chance if no one gives me a chance? So I figured I need to create um, my own fan base and, you know, I need to create a reel for myself. So I started to create a reel and creating this reel, I started to slowly create a fan base. And then once I had the fan base, then all of a sudden all the agencies that shut me down um, and turned me away were all calling me. And, and yeah, just went from there. Gotcha. And what was it like on, was YouTube the first thing that you decided to pursue? Before uh, Vine and yeah, so it started off with stand up. I started off doing stand up comedy. Then after stand up, because back in the day it was like you do stand up, you get discovered, you get your own sitcom. And then um, mm-hmm. you know didn't get didn't get discovered doing stand up. So we're still doing stand up. Still do stand up to this day. Um, and uh, you know then I started doing YouTube. Then after YouTube, then Vine came out. Then after Vine, Instagram. After Instagram, TikTok. And then after TikTok, who knows what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's a it's a new app, you know. It's just it's the yeah. cycle just keeps on and going. So when you first started on YouTube, I, I I remember hearing that it wasn't getting the kind of traction that you wanted. You were spending uh, thousands of dollars in creating these skits, but for for whatever reason, it wasn't it wasn't just taken off, right? And, and you had Vine uh, out of all platforms that doesn't even exist today. Uh, I think you're like a great example of someone because people always think like, oh, I'm going to wait until this platform or it's not going to stick around. They don't really pursue like testing out new platforms like TikTok or uh, Vine or whatever it might be. But you're a great example of someone that blew up on a platform that no longer exists today. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, What was it about Vine you think that was so particular that made you blow up that YouTube wasn't? I mean... uh Vine was just, I could create more content. It's all about the consistency. It's all about, you know, content is king. And with Vine, it were only six seconds. So I could produce content after content, after content, after content. And then in doing that, you know, I was building my brand. And that's that's what you want to do at the end of the day. You build your brand. It doesn't matter what platform goes away. You're still there. So, you know, I built the brand of King Batch. And then once anything could disappear, people will still know who King Batch is and what that brand is. Yeah, dude. And your, your videos are hilarious, obviously. But did it take some time to understand the, uh, I mean, were, were you, because the thing about this is like, there's no one to really look up to, right? When you're on the cutting edge of doing something that isn't really existed in the past, there's no blueprint for someone to follow, especially for something like a six second media outlet. 
I mean, how were you trying to figure this out? Was it just more of you trying to experiment on your own or did you have someone that you could look up to and have a framework of how to approach something like this? No, there wasn't anyone to look up to. Um, it was, yeah, it's pretty much just experimenting. It, it was just me being myself and me creating content that I enjoyed, me being unique to who I am. Um, and that's where I have the most fun. You know, I, I've been filming a lot of movies, so I haven't been able to get back to my YouTube. But now that I'm, I just wrapped the film uh, yesterday, actually. So now I'm back in LA and I'm going to get back to my YouTube grind and start like creating sketches that stuff that's in my brain, just take it out, boom type it up on a little laptop, make my, make my script, and then shoot it out. What's the, uh, what's the process behind that? So you have an idea, let's say, for a skit. You decide to write it out wherever it might be, paper, pen. Um, what's like the process after that from the idea all the way to production? Yeah, so I come up with the idea, then I figure out who I'm going to cast in it, then I find the location. After I find the location... Um, I get the crew, um, I let them know what day, talk to the set design people, let them know how the vision I have in my head for how I want the set to look. Um, then when we get there, we shoot, I make sure there's food and snacks for everyone on set to be comfortable and, you know, have a good time. It's like a proper production. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. it's not kids just out, out, out in the streets and, and doing, this is a proper, proper production deal. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah, we're doing it for real. And, um, you know, after we finish, I edit as well. So I, I write, direct, act in it, and I edit it. And then, you know, from the skills that I've learned and acquired over the years of making content, I kind of know what to trim, what to keep, what to what to lose. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's how we go forward with making the viral videos. You're editing, you're editing it yourself? You're not hiring an editor to, to do that for you? Yeah, I edit myself. Damn, what's what's the reason behind that? Um, just because you know I've done the whole hiring an editor before, and there's I, I come from that Vine world where you know we had mm-hmm. six point two seconds, like you know, so you had to look every millisecond counted, and a lot of editors don't really know about these milliseconds, like when the joke hits, when when to get out, when to use like reaction shots. So it's like instead of me just telling them and telling them and telling them, I just do it myself. So it's like the timing of when something lands or when you when you switch to a different shot. It's like the the small things that yeah. and you think you learn that through just mastering Vine and these yeah, just mastering bio content in general. Just you know, and also studying content. Like uh, I watch Chappelle show, I watch Key and Peele, I watch you know Fresh Prince, I watch Martin Jamie Fox, I watch all these shows. So it's like it's programmed in my brain. Whereas sometimes these editors maybe they're they're watching different types of shows. You know, they're not watching the types of shows that I watch. They're not consuming the type of content that I consume. Um, and, you know, yeah. Gotcha. You don't think you can ever train someone to have that level? You just don't think that'll that'll get there, at least for your own medium, like YouTube, not for movies, obviously. Um, I could. I mean, yeah, but I can also do it myself. I have no problem doing it myself right now, you know. Uh, but yeah. I was getting an editor to do like a rough cut of something, give me a first draft of it, and then I could always clean it up after that. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it's it's that level of work ethic that got you into this level of fame. I mean, to me, it's still boggling. I looked at your Instagram; it's like 20, 20 million followers. Uh, I mean, it's 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 it doesn't even register in my mind for you. It's probably just a regular 
thing, right? For you to hit another million followers. Uh, I kind of, it's just, it's really hard to comprehend because there is, there's this like the idea of the, uh, have you heard of the Dunbar's number? No, what's that? Uh, it's like a, I think it was a German evolutionary, but he, he was describing that in tribes, the maximum number of people that we could keep track of was 150 because that was the level of, uh, you know, from the level of like memory of, of the names that you can remember or the relationships that you can have. So our brains aren't wired to remember more people than 150 on average. Some people can remember a little bit more, some people a little bit less. But for you to have 20 million people around the world, I mean, I mean, to me, it's just, it's just boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually know um, the closest person that I know that had that and just just risen to the top was uh, Jerome Jar, who I think is okay. is another friend of yours. And I and I met him before he was big. He he was grinding it out with Gary, and uh, you know sleeping in his office and everything. And and with Gary really, Vee, with Gary V, he was just in the in the. I met him the day before he met Gary for mm. the uh, the rock paper scissors thing that he did to to be able to start Grape Story. And, uh, he's, I, I just, I saw it live for him to be able to blow up and it changes a lot of people from being able to get that much attention. It, some people just are not accustomed to it, I guess. Right. And I, I'm curious to know, like, what is your relationship with that level of fame and attention? Um, I think I was programmed for it since an early age. Like I said before, I wanted to you know, being an actor in a movie star since I was seven years old. So I kind of would always, I believed in walking by faith. So I would always walk and talk like I was a movie star. I remember in high school, um, if you find anyone I went to high school with, if you find their yearbook, I would always sign and I would say, save this autograph. It's going to be worth something one day. So I would always just do that. Yeah, I was just programmed just like that since I was mm. a little kid. Um, and so, yeah, to me, it's like, you know, it's just destiny. Gotcha. So you feel feel pretty comfortable with the idea that 20 million people follow you. Like it's just, it's not, there's nothing pressuring you or anything like that. This is just the way of how you live at this point. Like you feel like this yeah. is like, why aren't you at 30 million? That's, that's probably your <laughs> level of thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, think about it like, yeah, 20 million people follow me, but there's way more people that, that know who I am. You know what I mean? It's like, um, if you take an actor like um, like uh, Ryan Gosling, like mm-hmm. I know who Ryan Gosling is. I don't follow him on social media, but I'm still a fan of his work. So there's there's situations like that too. There's people who still know yeah. who I am but don't follow me on social media. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it it doesn't seem when when I speak with you and just kind of the decisions that you made that money isn't the the motivator for you. Um, Clearly, because it seems like with Vine, you were you were making a shitload of cash already, and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a big thing because you still wanted to go to auditions, you still wanted to go pursue this acting thing that wasn't paying you as much compared to getting a sponsorship deal with with things like Vine. At this point, like, what do you think is the the main driver for you to keep working when you know you can retire at this point and you've reached the level of fame that very few people have well for me it's like you know um you know my main goal is to be the biggest movie star in the world 
And uh, the only way to achieve that is to keep going and keep working. And, you know, to this day, I still don't have a role that I am like, yo, I I love this role that I've done because it's not my role. All the roles I've played are characters that were written in the script that I had to adapt to and form the character to where it's, you know, I want to do my action comedy where I'm the lead of it. And, you know, and the only way I can do that, I see is if I get back to roots and how I got to where I am, I have to create it myself. So, you know, now, um, you know, in order to do that, I have to EP it until in order to EP it, I got to get the money in order to get the money. You got to do the work. So I'm, I've been investing, you know, I own uh, a couple of different companies, co-owners of a uh, boxing gym called glove works. Um, we have uh, four locations, three in LA, one in New York. Um, I uh, own a network called the Zeus network, um, which is like kind of like Netflix, but short form content. Um, me and Amanda Cerny have a wine company called 626 Wine. Uh, also, I'm an investor in a mask company called uh, nanoairmask.com. So, uh, yeah, I just have all these different businesses that I'm a part of that I'm doing. And, you know, the goal for that is to get the money so then I can executive produce my own content. Right, where you can pick the writers and the directors and just have that level of control for yourself. Yeah, correct. Huh. And r- roughly, how much, how much would it be to be the EP of a movie that you want to make? Um, you know, there's different ways to do it. I could either fund it myself or get like, you know, 10 to $15 million, or I can hire someone to go out and raise the money and then make a deal with the investors so they get a percentage back on uh their investment you know um and and that that's another way to do it right and don't you think with your level of fame you can you can have investors that can back you yeah so i actually i actually ep'd um my first movie um uh early this year i think it was july um i got um one of my uh one of my friends, he's a uh, very wealthy. Uh, he invested into the movie. We, is it our name or is this uh, a Russian no, oligarch? We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep him a, a silent, uh, silent investor. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he you know he gave a couple of mil to uh, to do a to do this movie. Um, so you know this was our first test. You know, do this movie comes out next year. It's called Don't Fear. Um, you know, comes out when it comes out next year, he'll make his money back and then we'll do it again. We'll do a bigger budget, you know, and we'll just keep that cycle going until I build my empire. Dude, I love it. So, and then you, he gives you the control to basically do what you want, which is like hire the right people and hire the people you trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And he'll get a a cut of the the profits based on what it does in the box office. Mm -hmm. Or what if you guys sell it directly? Yeah, or whoever we sell it to. Gotcha, gotcha. And is that is it easier now to do something like an EP where there's so many so much distribution channels? Oh know, yeah, it's like Apple. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's kind of a no brainer right now um, to to do it because there's because of the pandemic, content went on, you know, went on a halt. So now that things are getting back active, people need content like. 
there was no content being made. They need to buy the content. And we already have the content uh, created. So now it's just a matter of getting it to the highest bidder. <clears throat> gotcha. So for $3 million, you guys were able to make a movie. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. Crazy. And that, that's small. You know, you, like I said before, when I get my my role that I do, it's, it'll be like a 10 to $15 million dollar. <laughs> That'll be a 10 to $15 million go. Damn, bro. Well, so if I'm just trying to compare, uh, I'm not, I'm not in this industry. So what, what was the production budget of, um, Batman, like the dark Knight? Oh, those movies are in the hundreds of millions. Those are like hundreds of millions, 150 million, 200 million types of movies like Avengers. Right. But if you're the EP, you probably want to figure out what's the angle of having the least amount of, of, of cost that can also sell so pretty big. Have, right. have you found like that angle? Have you thought about? Yeah. Um, that's the movie we did. Don't fear. Uh, horror films are um, statistically the cheapest to shoot with the highest return. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you just need to put some makeup on a, uh, on a scary person, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. One location you can do it. Get a couple of scares. People are happy. Get out. Boom. Um, you know, there was, uh, some movies, um, what was it called? Paranormal activity, you know, it made it for like a hundred thousand and they made it. No. Yeah. It was a hundred thousand. Yeah. And what, what, what was the box office that it was like 150 million or something. Let me see. Holy shit. That is insane. hundred thousand for all the actors. So they just use like an unknown actor or actress, I guess, because they're not even shown. Uh, and they just, they, they just did 193 million for a hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah. Dude, that is insane. Wow. Um, well, I think you've got the right formula. <laughs> And are you also acting in it? So you mean it's it's kind of lowers the cost yeah. in that case as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm acting in it as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and also stand up comedy is like another big one, right? Like Netflix is is putting on a lot of stand up comedy because it, you just don't need a lot of stuff yeah. to be able to produce well, something like that. Shoot it and bing, bada boom, boom. Yeah, you think you'll ever do uh, EP your own stand up comedy special? Maybe that could be in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Never Secret. know. You just got to stay tuned. You got to keep on following me to find out. <laughs> man, you're a pro. You're a pro. Well, you've got all of these things going on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know with, with so many opportunities from the companies that you six to six to six wine. Is it Zeus? Is yeah. How you pronounce yeah. it? Mm-hmm. You got your, you got your, your mask, your glove works. You got all these things going on. You got YouTube, EP acting. I mean, with so many things that are thrown at you, how do you choose what to work on and how do you choose what to say you know, no to? I work on, you know, it's, it's, I build a relationship first. I build a relationship with the, with the person that's, you know, doing the business. Um, and then if I like you and we get along, then I see the product. If I, if I like the product, I get along with the product, then, then we go from there. If it can make me money, boom, I'm in there. <laughs> okay. So it, do you find yourself saying yes much more often 
no. than than you can handle, or you're you're just constantly able to hustle and make it work. Yeah, no, I'm saying no to a lot of stuff. People are always trying to just because of my 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 um my huge following. People are always trying to get involved and trying to see how they can work with me. And you know, um, if I were to say yes to everything, will kind of it would kind of um wash my brand out. So I'm very selective with the brands that I do choose to work with. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. I imagine it's tough because when especially if you have a relationship with someone already to be able to say yes or no, uh, you kind of have to do it in a delicate way. I imagine, especially in LA where relationships are so crucial since yeah. someone that isn't really famous, let's say can be famous the next day or have influence, influential power within Hollywood. Uh, have you, have you practiced the, the kind of the art of saying no, as they say, when someone is trying to pitch you something or ask for an opportunity? Oh yeah. 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 That's a, uh, that's easy for me because, you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, when I was coming up um, as well, um, I wasn't given any handouts. You know, I had to work for everything that I did. So I don't mm-hmm. feel bad for uh, saying no to anyone who kind of wants a free handout. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So you, you will just be blunt about it, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I imagine the the level of uh, requests that you get must be crazy. So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I mean, for you now, when you're developing relationships with people that are uh, that you want to work with, let's say someone like uh, Will Smith or The Rock, uh, Kevin Hart, whoever it might be for you, whether it's in comedy or acting, um, obviously you have those relationships with those people already, right? Mm-hmm. This is something I struggle with is like when you don't have that like deep relationship with someone, but obviously you're, you're mutually connected. You don't want to reach out just for a business reason because it kind of sounds like transactional and it maybe doesn't feel as like authentic, but you right. also know how busy these people are and how much they're traveling and stuff. So you just, you don't want to reach out for like, just to say like, hey, what's up? Let's grab coffee because people don't have time for that either. So for you now, when you're reaching out to people, someone like Will Smith, let's say, how do you even approach building a deeper relationship with someone like that? Um, I'm a firm believer in if you build it, they will come. I don't really reach out to anyone. Um, I work on my vision. I work on my goal. And, you know, if, if they want to work and reach out to me, they can reach out to me. Um, it's the same thing. I never look for any handouts. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've uh, met Will, hung out with him a couple of times. Um, you know, Kevin Hart, like that's a prime example. Never reached out to Kevin Hart. I did my thing. I blew up on the Internet. He uh, hit me up and asked me to direct um, a show for him. So I directed a show for him on his LOL network called dead right. house um and you know that's just from me working hard staying in my own lane and doing my thing so if you work then everyone that you look up to will notice you and <clears throat> if they want to work with you they'll hit you up so for someone that's listening to this now because obviously you you've got the followership so it's it's certainly easy because a lot of people want to work with you so you can kind of just you can stay on your lane for sure what if you know, when you were kind of coming up into the game and you weren't as well known, 
how are you uh, approaching you know the people that you really wanted to work with? Because I'm sure you had mentors. I'm sure you had people that you wanted to look up to, just like everyone else. Did you not want to have those relationships and 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 try to build those and just stay on your lane so that because you knew that you were able to make it? Um, yeah, so I'm a I'm an introvert, so I don't want to talk to anybody in general. So <laughs> you're an introvert, really? Yeah. So I don't really, I never reached out to to anyone. Um, I would just, like I said, just write scripts in my house, just write a bunch of scripts and then shoot them. And then <clears throat> some would go viral and then people would, you know, recognize me and then it built the fan base that I have today. But it, it was never me trying to uh, reach out to Will Smith or Kevin Hart or, um, you know, anything like that. Yeah, so you just you just stayed in your lane, and uh, and and eventually it just kind of all came together. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, the question that I, one of the questions I was wanted to ask is, what do you think uh, is is the one thing that people misunderstand about you the most? Uh, I would probably say that it's that you're an introvert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of times, people um, will come up to me like. Yo, man, what, what where's, where's all your energy? What happened? What's yeah. the catch? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry to let you down. This is this is me. I'm a chill guy in real life, you know. It's just the videos. Um, I'm acting, so they see the character of King Batch and they think that that's who I am. When really, mm. I'm just Andrew Bachelor. You're just the chill guy, and so th- that happens a lot when you get a lot of fans that see you in Vine or or, or TikTok or, or Instagram, and oh, yeah. You know, do you feel like you need to play that character a little bit when fans are so excited to see you? Or do you feel like this is, you know, you you really wouldn't be able to live your life at that point? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about it at all. It's like um, I'm not in this business to uh, to be somebody else. I'm here to to enjoy my life and be me. So, you know, um, you shouldn't be afraid. Sorry, something in my throat. You shouldn't be afraid of um, what people think of you. You know, it, you, it, it doesn't even matter. As long as you're you, then that's all that matters. And you're happy. And you do you feel like you've had that mindset? Because I ask this because very few people have that level of, I don't give a crap of what other people say. This is something that a lot of people have to develop over time. And most people are very self-conscious, despite not having 20 million followers. Mm. Uh, how did you develop that with such a, so much publicity around you all the time? I think it's because, um, you know, like I said, I'm two different, there's two different characters. It's kind of like um, if you look at a, a bank account, right? Um, someone looks at your bank account, they'll be like, oh, wow, that's, that's a lot of money in there, right? Someone who doesn't have a lot of money, someone with a lot of money, like ah, it's a little bit of money, but if you're looking, it's like oh, that's just that's just money inside there. It's just money. It's like whatever you think about that money it could be a lot, could be a little. That's on you. It's just money. That's that's what it is. That's what King Batch is. So if I, anyone wants to say oh shit, I, I love King Batch or oh I hate King Batch, I'm like okay yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's that's King Batch. You know that's not that's not me. That's not Andrew Bachelor. So that's how I kind of deal with any opinions or how people. Uh, view what i do yeah and you've have you always stayed true to that or is that something you've recently developed 
with just being able to be working working on yourself a little bit more and, and more of the self care after yeah, all the probably, probably a bit of both. I probably developed that along the way. Um but you know, I saw um I think it was a Christian Bale quote. Uh he said like uh, if you have a problem with me call me and we'll talk about it. But if you don't have my number, that means you weren't close enough to even have an opinion about me. So it doesn't matter or something like that. So mm. that, was, that, was, that was pretty cool. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. And when you're choosing your friend group now, you know, how do you, how do you select the people around you? Like, cause you know, the, the cliche saying is like, you are the five people that you surround yourself with when you're, when you're, thinking about, you know, who to put into five of the piece, five of the people that you want to surround yourself with and the level of requests that you get and, and obviously the opportunities that you're getting, how do you select those core group of friends? Um, I, you know, it's honestly, it's like, I just figure out what my goal is. And it's like, if I'm not true, um, if oh, I'm see, trying to, um, if I'm if I'm feeling like a workout mood, I'll hit up my workout friend. If I'm feeling like a go out on vacation mode, I'll hit up my vacation friend. If I'm feeling like a stimulate the brain, I'll hit up my you know what I mean. It's like there's a there's a different person in my life for each type of situation and each mood that I'm feeling. So uh, I don't think there's any like core one set of group of friends. It's uh, it's depending of dependent upon my my mood. Okay, gotcha. So do you feel like you've there, there's no like core group of friends that you're always hanging out with. You're you're able to find whatever group that you have depending on what you're what you're doing at that time. You're saying, yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha, cool, man. Well, just to uh, to wrap it up, some final questions. Uh, what is a investment you've made in your career that uh, maybe you didn't know at the time, but if you were to look back? has uh, really paid off for you? Uh, making those expensive-ass YouTube videos. Really? But those, those didn't get as many views as, uh, you know, as the ones you've had on, on Divine. What made it so valuable for you? Um, it's just it set my mindset up for um, quality over quantity from an early age. Um, and and that's, you know, that's, my, that's my root. It made me stay focused on what I need to be doing. And that's, uh, uh, you know, developing the craft of the art. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, if there's a gift that you would, uh, if there's a book that you would gift to someone or something that has made the most impact in your life, what would that be for you? Ooh, the book that made the most impact on my life. Oh, the secret! I read that when I was a teenager. Gotcha. And what what was the impact for you? It's like you know anything that you set your mind to, you can achieve. Gotcha. That was a big eye opening uh, a book for you. That wasn't something that I didn't even know. I didn't even. I just read the book and I just started doing. I you know I didn't know whether to believe it or not, but I just started practicing that, and then stuff started to come true, and then. Look at me now, King Batch. <laughs> I love it, dude. Uh, well, last question. 
for we generally like to give an actionable step for you know in this case is probably upcoming entertainers or actors or even entrepreneurs that are trying to you know make it and try to get from zero to one if there's a small actionable thing that you would recommend to those people what would that be um stay consistent to who you are stay unique to who you are um you know uh you're gonna fail you need to fail in order to succeed <clears throat> you need to fail in order to succeed gotcha Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you being on. Is there anything you want to plug, anything you want to share for the audience to check out? Yeah, check out Holiday on Netflix, October 28th. Check out Sneakerheads on Netflix right now. Um, and yeah, enjoy life. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, excited for all the things that you're going to be doing. So I look forward to seeing the horror movie when it comes out. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the show. Hope you really enjoyed our guest today and that you took one thing valuable from our conversation. If you haven't already, I would love it if you could leave a quick rating or review on whichever network you're listening to the show and share this episode with one friend if you found it valuable. And if it's something that a friend, a family member, or just someone that you care about could find a little bit of insight from what you learned today. All right. Ciao.